0: Holocaust survivor Corey Tenboom writes, We never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that He will get us involved in His plan for the answer. If we are true intercessors, we must be ready to take part in God's work on behalf of the people for whom we pray. When we read 1 Samuel chapter 2, we learn just how beautifully purposed God was in answering Hannah's prayer. Chapter 2 records for us her song of praise, and we're given truths here that we will discover over and over through this section of the story, truths that we can live by today. On today's podcast, we'll celebrate with Hannah over God's goodness, and along the way, uncover these truths crucial to learn in their lives and ours as well. Look in verses 31 through 35 of chapter 2 of 1 Samuel today. Look, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your forefather's family so that none in your family will reach old age. You will see distress in the place of worship in spite of all that is good in Israel and no one in your family will ever again reach old age. Any man from your family I do not cut off from my altar will bring grief and sadness to you. All your descendants will die violently. This will be the sign that will come to you concerning your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Both of them will die on the same day. Then I will raise up a faithful priest for myself. He will do whatever is in my heart and mind. And I will establish a lasting dynasty for him. And he will walk before my anointed for all time. 1 Samuel chapter 2 reveals for us the plans of God as it relates to the priesthood during this season of Israel's history. The chapter opens with Hannah, the aforementioned barren wife of Elkanah, whose grief led her to desperate prayer, a prayer God would miraculously answer, giving her a son to preserve her family line. This son was not just any son but one who would serve in the Lord's house and serve God's people for years to come. Samuel wasn't just any boy. As we learn at the end of this chapter, he was the faithful priest of God. His most significant contribution to the story was his instrumental involvement in establishing the greatest ruling dynasty that Israel would ever know. One of the things that has been most helpful for me in piecing together God's story through the through the Old Testament is the introductory videos that we put at each section that we've conveniently added to the one story reading plan. In the video for 1 Samuel that I will again link in our show notes for today, the narrator mentions three essential truths underscored in Hannah's song of praise after receiving Samuel as her son. Those three ideas will be borne out over this season in Israel's history. They are, first of all, God opposes the proud and exalts the humble. This is a truth that will be exposed repeatedly through the stories of Saul and David in the days ahead. Hannah declares, do not boast Proudly, or let arrogant words come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and actions are weighed by Him. God knows more than the proud people do, and He weighs the motives of their prideful boasting, and He will bring them low, breaking the bows of the warriors and bringing those with much to ruin. The second truth to be underscored here is that despite human evil, God is at work. We will return to this theme at the end of this chapter as we consider the iniquity of Eli's sons. But this will be a theme throughout Samuel's life as well. Uh, Amid apparent evil, God will be doing great things through David and his life. The third and final truth outlined here is that God will raise up a messianic king. A king that Samuel will be instrumental in identifying. A king who will inaugurate a kingdom and a throne that one day the king of glory will descend to sit upon. Standing in contrast to Hannah and her son Samuel was the priest Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas. These two boys were trouble from the jump. They were stealing from the offerings given to them to sacrifice to God as priests before the Lord. Now, according to Jewish law, they were supposed to offer the fat of the animal unto the Lord, and then the other meat was to be theirs to eat. However, these boys were taking the fat for themselves. Now, the apparent implications of this are terribly brazen. It was clear from the beginning that the animal's fat was to be offered to God in sacrifice in the presence of the Lord. This is outlined in Leviticus. This was because the fat represented the increase of the people. It was the extra beyond what was needed for survival. God wanted these sacrifices offered to him so that the people would be reminded that the Lord was the giver of the increase, the one responsible for their growth and prosperity. So for these boys to be taking this offering for themselves, it angered the Lord exceedingly. To make matters worse, it appears from the text that these priests, who were at least supposed to be set apart for God for this service, if not celibate altogether, these boys are committing grave immorality within the tent of meeting. How brazen can you be? All of this angered the Lord, such that God pronounces a curse on Eli and his whole family, cutting them off from the service that now would be given to Samuel. Samuel was to be the priest the Lord would raise up, who would obey and do what was in the Lord's heart to accomplish. He would be the one to inaugurate a lasting dynasty, the one who would walk before his anointed. This anointed one would be the king on whose throne Jesus would sit as king in his everlasting kingdom. You see, David is the central figure of this section of the Bible. He would be the Lord's anointed, a forerunner to the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who would reign from his throne with wisdom and equity forever and ever. Now, as we seek to apply these truths, we return again to Hannah's prayer. We see a humble servant boy named Samuel in the courts of Eli, doing what is right and God exalting him. We see the arrogant sons of Eli being cut off once and for all. God would indeed exalt the humble and cast down the prideful. We see that even though the evil of Hophni and Phinehas was so pervasive that God was working to bring about another priest who would walk uprightly before him, even amid their desecration of God's tabernacle. And we see the one who is coming, who would be anointed through Samuel's work, the Lord's anointed himself. These three truths weave their way throughout the entire narrative, and we would do well to recognize them. Humility will always be blessed by God in our lives, while pride will always be cut low. Even in the most challenging of seasons, we must remind ourselves that God is still at work and that his plans will succeed. And we must look ever for the kingdom of the one who would come to sit on David's throne. These truths should ever be kept in our hearts and ever be on our lips. So Jesus, help us to remember that pride is a reproach to any people. Help us to walk with a humility that honors God as king. Help us to hold on to the truth that you are working amid the darkness of our lives and that at the right moment, what seems like utter chaos will be used for your glory. God, we honor you as our anointed king. Lead on, O king, eternal. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.